Hello, 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 and welcome to Tease Me. This is a podcast about the intersection of golf, business, and life. And occasionally we'll drop some gems on networking and just how that makes your life better. Because knowing more than one person is actually a good thing. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Tease Me. I'd like to share some very exciting news. While it's week 11 of social distancing in New York City, I'm happy to announce that I've learned to bake carrot cake. And if you're in my foursome, I promise that I will bring you a slice. It might not have icing just to keep everything neat, but I will be able to socially distance and share carrot cake with you. I'm an excellent addition to any foursome. Now, on to more important things. So on this episode of Tease Me, we have Tristan Reeves. He is an MSCSCW. He is a co-founder of Walk On Nation. He co-founded Walk On Nation with the mission of inspiring student athletes to see the big picture and how to utilize their platform for a purpose greater than their sport. He joined the fitness powerhouse Better Everyday Performance Institute in Orlando, Florida as a fitness and performance coach, working closely with the staff and clients. Tristan is also a former football student athlete at UCF. Tristan faced tremendous adversity throughout his career. Choosing a walk-on position over other scholarship options forced him to reevaluate his why and purpose in life. By way of resilient work ethic and off-the-field growth, he ultimately earned his scholarship. His mission now is to show athletes that their potential does not peak in their sport. Listen as I chat with Tristan. Tell me more about walk-on nation. Well, let's take a step back. UCF, what school is that? Because I like just said UCF, but I didn't actually know what school it was. University of Central Florida. Got it. And you were a walk-on. So what does that mean for the average person like, that might not know what walk-on means? So a walk-on is somebody who joins the team that is not on scholarship. So they're, they're a part of the team. They're around um, everything, financial, food, uh, curriculum, not curriculum, uh, education-wise, books, room and board, everything is out of your pocket or loans or whatever. Um, so it's, it's definitely a humbling situation. Uh, so it must be super competitive to walk on then. Yeah. I mean, each, each school has their, their different steps to do it, have a different culture surrounding it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as for me, as a walk on who wanted to earn a scholarship, it was very competitive because I didn't want to continue to pay for my education. I didn't want to could, you know, be just a body at practice. I wanted to be a part of something special and contribute. Got it. Got it. So now with Walk On Nation, tell us more about the mission and the work that you're doing and who you're working with there. Yeah. So I was able to co-found Walk On Nation a couple of years ago. We've been working for a couple of years and we launched last year. My partner, Michael Willett, he also walked on to play football at UCF. Throughout our career, we both ended up earning our scholarships and you know, that was that was a big part of our of our story, just the journey we had to take to get to that point. But through that journey, we were able to realize how much more there is to life than sports and how much more there is to being a, a student athlete than just being the athlete. And the importance of utilizing your platform to your advantage for for life. You know, the sports is great and you may play three years, five years, you may play pro for twenty years. But at some point, it's going to end. No one knows when that's going to be. But our mission is to empower these student athletes to be thinking ahead, not to create a backup plan, but to have their plan be the best plan it can be for them. So whenever that transition happens out of high school, out of college or a 20 year professional career, that they're ready, they're prepared for it the best they can be. 
Interesting. So you're based out of Orlando, Florida with the program. And how do the students find you? They, when we have our social media handles and we reach out to them, we share our content, things like that. But how we get in front of our student athletes is connections we've made in, in college and now with administrators. So we become, we get in contact with whether it's high school or college or conferences around the country with the administrators, the head coaches, the um, athletic directors, who it may have you, whoever makes those decisions. And then they bring us out to their campus to work with their student athletes. Oh, that's awesome. So you're almost providing a mentorship option for them as well. Yeah, that's definitely part of it for sure. Okay. So wait, now tell me more. You and I met at the PGA show. How did you end up at the PGA show? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not too often, uh, college football players are at the PGA show. Um, that happened through the owner of the facility. I'm a tra- trainer at better every day. The owner, his name is Trevor Anderson. And he's, you know, from my understanding, been perennially recognized as one of the top golf trainers like, in the world. So I'm very fortunate to have him as my mentor and, and my boss at the facility. And he wanted me to come out and be a part of it to, to see it, to, just kind of absorb game, like just watch how he moves, how he talks to people, how people talk to him, the different things that go into the golf, the golf world, because it's not just for golf. It, a lot of those things carry over into life. So that's how I was able to be there and you know meet you. So that was that was pretty cool for me. Awesome. So like when you were there, that was your first time, right? I was actually there the year before as well. Okay. I, I had just started working with TA, maybe like two weeks, three weeks. And I was able to go out there, um, really just kept to myself, didn't really know anybody or anything, didn't really know TA that well. I was just kind of there, you know, but this past year it was a better experience for me and it was, it was a lot of fun. Okay, so wait, tell me more as a trainer, what are some of the things that you were observing this year? I mean, last year was probably very new and so it was just overwhelming. I'm guessing. But for this year, you're probably a little bit more strategic. So what were some of the things that you saw as a trainer that caught your eye? Big thing that I've learned from TA that was shown at the the show as well as this past year I've been with him is that golf is not easy. It's not an easy sport. Like it's not just swinging the club. There's a lot of things that go into it from balance to stability, power. Like golfers may be the most powerful and explosive athletes on the planet. And they don't get enough credit for how much to generate that much force and torque and rotational velocity, all like essentially standing still while hitting a small ball. Like it's, it's insane. I never thought about like that because I never really played golf like that. I'm I'm a football guy. Right. But learning all the different details that go into that and at the show, all these different um, um, organizations like TPI and things like that, putting on, you know, virtual demonstrations or physical demonstrations of, you know, ball speed and club swing. And I'm not going to use the terminology because I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with it, but all the, Don't worry, you'll get all the things that go into it, it's more than just hitting a ball with like a metal stick, you know, like it's, it's very intricate, very detailed, very precise sport. And it's, it's really interesting for me. Okay, so that's that's kind of cool. So you've trained a few people that are golfers. What are some of the things that you're helping them work on? Because, you know, we're all in our house right now. Um, well, at least in New York. So we're stuck here and trying to figure out, like, how do I work out or how do I improve my games and I can't really play? Yeah, so something that TA has taught me and that 
I've gained from being at the facility. A lot of athletes, a lot of sports are the same as far as what the athlete needs from the baseline level, as far as balance, stability, core strength, coordination, excuse me, things like that. So in the times where I may have worked with a golfer in my youth athlete groups, I treat that all the same. I don't dive too deep into the sports specificities, especially at a young age. My main focus is that we're moving efficiently, that our movement patterns are correct, that we're not putting, we're not adding strength to dysfunction. We're not adding any false movements to what needs to be done. We're trying to make these athletes first create good habits. So when they get older and stronger, more explosive, that they're not tearing their body apart. They're doing the right thing. Right. But just making sure that we're on the, we're on the same page of being balanced first, then being stable, then, then having the strength to add to the stability. Cause if you're, if, if an athlete's unstable and we make them stronger, they're going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt. Cause then you have all this load, all this strength, but no, stability underneath it you're asking for problems so we're trying to go from the ground up and then get into all the fancy stuff okay break it down to me what does balance mean like do i need to be able to like walk a straight line or i mean this is a real basic question because i see guys yeah. at the gym and they're on there pulling up stuff and i'm like dude what are you doing i really don't know yeah i mean ba- balance can be as simple as walking in a straight line or just standing still now, stability is very similar to balance, but stability is maintaining balance while you're moving. So, for example, me standing straight up, I'm balanced. But if I'm going to go with one leg, go touch my toe and come back to my standing position, that's stability. I'm, being, I'm maintaining my balance through movement. Interesting. And that's a big thing for golfers. So here's what's interesting when you say that. I don't think people pay attention to those types of exercises. Like they're going to do 100 push-ups and 55 sit-ups and, you know, these arbitrary things, but those balance and stability activities, like how do you recommend people measure if they're getting better or not, like with their stability? Yeah, I mean, things like that. There's a lot of baseline tests we can do, walking in a straight line or simple things like an overhead squat or a counterbalance squat, just having your arms straight out, squatting down, arms overhead, squatting down. Mm. If you're, if you're un, unstable, you're going to be wobbly. You're going to fall over. Your heels are going to come off the ground. A lot of things like that. And, you know, a wise man once told me more is not better. Better is better. So it's not about doing the fancy stuff or, you know, all the push-ups, all this and this. If we can't stand up straight or sit down the correct way, like we should focus on that first and then we get better from there. Interesting. Okay. So we've got stability and we've got balance and then we have strength in that order. And so with the student athletes, are they familiar with these routines? Are they working with trainers before they get to you? Uh, everyone's different. Some, some athletes are very involved. Like parents have them very involved in different things, whether it's you know, youth sports or club sports. They may have a, a strength conditioning coach or just the, their coach at their high school or middle school that teaches them these things. And some have no idea and they've never been taught anything it's always safer to assume they don't know and teach them than assume they do know and allow dysfunction to happen or allow an injury to happen. You know, now if at the basic level we're explaining to them and they already know we can see through their movements and how they respond to the cues we give, whether they know or not. And we can know we we progress from there or to stay, to stay there. Okay. So for walk on nation, how many students are you usually working with? 
in this past year we've been in business, we've worked with over a thousand student athletes. So that's been sensational, maybe a thousand, some, something like that. A lot of student athletes, but we like to cap each individual session at about 40 because our, our curriculum, our facilitation is very discussion based. It's not like we bring them into a classroom. Here's a PowerPoint and listen to us speak at you. We're diving into what they think, where they're at and creating that relationship. So we found that if the group gets bigger than 40, it sort of dilutes the message. Now everyone gets a chance to speak their mind and to um, gain traction with that. Now we've had situations where we've had multiple sessions, like we had a group of 40, take a break, and then another group of 40, take a break, another group of 40 kind of thing, right? Um, but it, it all depends. You know, Each sports team has a different size of uh, student athletes. Each school has a different size of total student athletes. So it's all contingent on where, where we're at and what, what it is they want us to do. Have you seen an increased interest in golfers that are like student golfers or has it been primarily football, basketball and those types of sports? That's a really good question. Cause we, when we went into this, we were very curious about that. Like are, how are different sports going to dial into this? And also the level of competition a division one school versus a division three school, how locked in or unlocked in are they going to be in the conversation? And we found pretty consistently regardless of the level of competition and regardless of the sport, they all needed this and they all gave us very positive feedback to it. It's more, I don't think it's more about the sport, but more of the culture they were brought up in and the upbringing they, they had. And it's just the different value systems, whether it was from their family, their neighborhood or their coaches they've had in the past, what they were taught. And that's what they know to be true now. You know, so it's, it's definitely been interesting, but you know, an athlete is an athlete. They're they're They love their sport. They love what they do. Some know there's more to it outside of that. And some don't, but again, we never want to assume that they know we want to give them everything that we have and everything that we've been taught to help them to help us. Okay. So that's excellent. When I think about the, the opportunities that you're presenting, you're giving them high caliber exercise opportunities and, really ways to hone in on how to be competitive across the entire, like, I guess, United States. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just, just to uh, be clear, those are separate things. I would, one day I would love for them to be the same, but as far as what we do at better every day and walk on nation, um, they're in separate, you know, categories right now, but um, it's cool for me because I can, I have the opportunity to help the student athlete develop in both realms on and off on, on the field and the court, whatever sport they are, but also in life off the field and off the court. Okay. Talk more about the difference between the walk on nation and the better every day, just so that everyone listening knows. Yeah. So better every day is a, a training facility in Orlando. Uh, that was started by uh, Trevor Anderson and his wife, uh, Amber Anderson. They've been, and they're just phenomenal people, great trainers. And they, TA has been doing this for, hey, you mad I say this, probably as long as I've been alive. So <laughs> he, he's, he's an OG in this. But so at the facility, we focus on sports performance. It's a family facility, though. We have group training classes for general populations as well. And like, they're amazing. We love our family there. But we, we work anywhere from beginner and youth athletes to high school, collegiate, and even professional in all, all sports. Walk on Nation is something that me and my teammates started from UCF. We're still able to work with student athletes 
but we go to them. We go to their campuses, high school, colleges, what have you. And we talk to them about all the off the field stuff. Not, not to discredit what they're doing with the sport, but how you can leverage your sport to get where you're trying to go. Wow, that's interesting. So I feel like there's a there's so many tie-ins because there are a lot of students that aren't familiar with ways to like improve their skill. Like maybe they have a they don't have agents. They have like maybe their coach or maybe like individuals, but do they have communities of other people that are pushing them into that space? Now, when I think about the golfers and we're trying to like get into the actual performance aspect of that, um, have you encouraged any of the students to try golf as like a means of giving them other activities outside of their sport? Yeah, I, I have actually. And not, not just golf, like it's, it's so important for youth athletes to diversify. And for so many different reasons, but it's, it's amazing what difference, let's say I'm a football player and there's so many things I can learn from playing basketball, from playing soccer, from playing tennis, golf, different movements, different muscle groups, different just functions of the game and different, different uh, aspects of teamwork and sportsmanship that go into all these different sports as well. It is so important, especially as a youth athlete, to um, diversify and jump in as many different sports as you can, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so now you told me about Walk On Nation. You told me about um, your degree. And you told me about Orlando. But you haven't told me how you got from Chicago to Orlando and why you decided to stay. Man, uh, life. I moved, I moved a lot. Because I was actually born in Atlanta. I moved from Atlanta to Chicago when I was eight months old. So I have no memories of Atlanta. So I say I'm from Chicago. My first memories in my early childhood was in Chicago. I moved from there to Minnesota and then Minnesota to Orlando. And this was all before middle school. So, it's, you know, it's just life. Parent, uh, parents get different jobs and, you know, economies change, things like that. But yeah, I've, been, I've been in Orlando the longest. Uh, I've chose to stay because, you know, I went to college here. After high school, I went to college and I, I was there for five years and recently graduated. I graduated actually this time last year in May of, of last of last year. And I've been here ever since. I don't plan on being in Orlando forever, but for the foreseeable future, I really like the community I'm in and the people that are around me. Um, no, no complaints. But I, I definitely miss the, the snow and the cold. I want to be up north again. Yeah, you could have that. No one really loves it there. Like, we'll see people who don't love it. So now, how did you pick up football? And when did you decide that it's something that you were passionate about? And I ask this because I think that people, they don't really know the story of, like, football. Like, maybe they were playing, playing peewee football from when they were younger, and then they stay with it. But it sounds like you might have been off and on with football. So how did you get into it to the point where you're ready to walk on? Yeah, so my, my first sport that I loved was baseball. I was going to be a baseball player. And then we moved to, I, I didn't, I was not, I wasn't allowed to play football until I was 10. My mom made a rule because she was scared. It was dangerous. I could, I had to be double digits to play football. And I was up in Minnesota. No one really cares about football in Minnesota. So like <laughs> it wasn't, it was very easy and fun for me because I was the only one that really liked it. But I learned how to play football by watching NFL network and games on TV and playing Madden. Like that's how I taught myself how to play. I learned all the rules, everything like that. So that happened. Um, I really fell in love with the sport when I came to Florida. Cause it was, it's just a different, different game. 
different ball game from up north to in, in Florida football. Like it's really an all year round thing and never stops. But um, I grew up watching the Gators and they had really 2006, seven, eight, nine. Those teams were amazing. I fell in love with them. Like, I want to, that's what I want to do. I want to play college football for the Gators. I want to play in the NFL. And that was, that was history. Obviously I ended up going to Florida, but I, you know, I think we had a better, in my years at UCF, we had a better track record than they did. So I think it worked out for the best. Okay. No, that's good. And then like when it comes to like different brands and sponsorships, have you been looking at it from that perspective with Walk On Nation? Like how do brands engage with the students, especially around, you know, student activism and the way that kids are just so much more vocal and powerful beyond their sport? Yeah, that's an interesting question too, especially with the temperature of the NCAA with should players get paid? Should they, you know, things like that. I know they're having different discussions and different bills are being brought to the table. Um, on one hand, I, I think that would be a very lucrative business, not just for the brands, but also for the student athletes. But on the other hand, it's for how many of the student athletes, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I feel like if done the wrong way, it may lopside the financial resources and just the attention that is already skewed towards, you know, football and men's basketball. Like there's a lot of amazing student athletes of all sports that don't get the attention or credit they deserve. But I'm afraid that perhaps if, if handled the wrong way, that would just make it worse. You know, I would like to see some sort of middle ground though for brands. And there's a lot, cause there's a lot in this, this generation, I mean, me and my partner were entrepreneurs. We started our own business as student athletes. I know we're not the only ones, right? Um, I would love for there to be a healthy balance between student athletes being able to receive credit for stuff that they're doing. Um, so, so we'll, you know, we'll we'll see. <laughs> it's one of those things where you kind of, you're creating the, the narrative now, like as the students are stepping into the place and making the demands of what they want and what they need to be mm-hmm. successful or to change the world. Like even right now, mm-hmm. it's like we are in a space in New York where we are still socially distant. We're not able to go outside. How has it been working with the students and keeping them motivated and active during these times of social distancing and fears of COVID? Yeah. I would like to rewind and say all that starts with the relationship. You know, it's, it's very difficult for a student athlete, especially one that just had their sport taken from them in their senior year or about to go to college or whatever. And they're kind of just in, in the air and out in limbo. Of what do I do? What's going on? It's very hard as a student athlete. I can imagine to receive those words like, oh, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. Like stay focused on this when your dream temporarily just got taken from you. So what we, what we strive to do and be our best at with walk on nation is create that relationship, create a safe place and just an environment for student athletes to come to us with their problems, talk to us about whatever they want to talk about and show them. I mean, no one could have predicted this pandemic and no one's really been through it like this. But me and my partner have been there and done that at the highest level, at the lowest level. Like we've, we've done it recently. So after we kind of, after we create that safe place and have that established relationship, 
I think from there, it makes it a lot easier for them to um, buy into what we're talking about or anyone is talking about. It doesn't have to be just us, you know, but um, actually a shameless plug. You just, when you asked me that we just collaborated with an organization called LRT sports, and we're going to have a virtual workshop um, probably in the beginning of June about how to handle this recruiting stuff and how to, find your identity and create your identity and what you want, where you're trying to go, things like that. So that's going to be super beneficial for all the, all the student athletes, whether in high school or in college of hopefully to get some answers or just at least clarity of what they're going through to make sense of it all. Yeah. Cause it's just for football and basketball and all the sports. If you were in like 11th grade or a sophomore, you're probably thinking I wanted to go to college and play, or I want to be a professional how am I going to do that if I can't even get like reels or tapes to be able to demonstrate my skill? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's tough. I don't know if anyone has the right answer for that right now. You know, we're all kind of holding our breath, waiting to see what's going to happen. But one thing I will say to that is we, we can always control the controllables. No one can control who gets this virus, who doesn't, if the virus is here or there, if it's even a thing anymore, right? But what we can control is our effort and what we do with ourselves. You know, this would be a, this is a very easy time for everyone to hang up, to not go, not work out, not to go for a run, not to do film study, not to study, you know, get for your grades, not to not to do what you're supposed to be doing. So I, I really believe that those that have stayed the course and are doing their due diligence and have faith that this is going to bounce back because it will. They're, they're the ones that are going to come out on top. Absolutely. So those are some positive words of wisdom that you're giving to the audience. And, you know, there are some parents and some students that are listening that will be able to tune into your um, session. So we'll make sure we tag that out there. Um, I, I guess my last few questions are around just like the visions you have for the future. Are you going to maybe, you know, obviously shameless plug that I would love to see you take those students out to play golf so that they learn a little bit about, you know, some good ways to meditate and kind of distract yourself from um, your sport when it gets a little overwhelming. Because, you know, you've got the Steph Currys and a few other football players that play golf, but obviously mm -hmm. not when they're in their prime football or golf season, I mean, basketball season. But mm -hmm. what are some of the other things that you have on deck for Walk On Nation? Well, as I just mentioned, you know, the vir virtual thing that we're going to be doing um and you know ideas that we've had even before this happened it was just creating these webinars as a way to stay in contact with all these student athletes you know we we go out to universities and you know we schedule to come back the next year or six months later or whatever what about the time in between you know we're trying to fill that gap not to take over the professors and the athlete development professionals that are there but to keep that relationship going with them we don't want it to be like we show up inspire them or enlighten them or whatever the case may be and then they never see us again like we're really devoted to creating these relationships and sustaining them throughout their career as a high school high schooler collegiate student athlete and then into their professional realm whatever it is that they do you know this is a, a lifetime thing with us um so just continuing to create more opportunities to do that workbooks, virtual sessions, webinars, you know, all, all of it. Okay. So I have to ask, are female athletes included in this or is it only male? Yeah, of, no, of course. No, we, no, all sports, 
all genders, everything. Like we, it, this is for everybody. For okay. Do you find it harder to support kids that are in different economic situations or where the parents have more money or just more urban because it's not as much free open space? Like, do you find it difficult to provide support for all networks? Um, no, I don't think so. Like I said earlier, it, I think, I mean, for that, it can go both ways, but um, it's about the culture they're in, you know, just because a school or this family over here has money doesn't mean they have the answers. And just because this family doesn't have money doesn't mean they, they don't have it. You know what I mean? It's, and that's interesting that you asked that because we've, we've had that experience where we've been at a, um, a big time athletic school versus a prestigious academic school. We're like, okay, what are these, what is the perspective of these student athletes going to be? But the fact of the matter is we all have our struggles, albeit very different struggles, but they're all struggling with their identity. They're all struggling with something to do with them and their sport. And that's how we come in and help them. For example, a student athlete may be playing football at a big time school that we were at and they're struggling. Their struggles may be more financial or, you know, with their family and how they're going to support them. And like, they're the, they're the last chance for their school for their family or their neighborhood to get it out and to be successful. Right. On the other hand, this tennis player at this prestigious school, all that person's trying to do is impress their parents because their legacy is such a big shadow over them. They're trying to get out of that shadow again, different struggles, but there's, there's both very real, you know, yeah, that's a real good, that's a real good observation. And I think one of the things that is exciting about the work that you're doing is that they're getting the support they need and they're listening and getting, um, they're listening to someone that's been there, but they're also getting a, a, a sounding board that they might not have had. Yeah. So, all right. So that I feel like is where we're going to end our interview and conversation <laughs> But if you had to have a message for like parents or students that are listening that are in either high school or college or maybe they're like emerging athletes, what would you tell them? Trust yourself. And make yourself happy because no, no one else is going to do it for you. So if it's about what school you're going to go to because you're being recruited or just what college you want to attend, what job you want to have, what sport you're going to play, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. So check your motive in this. You may have a great support system and they, and their intention is to have your best at mind. But at the end of the day, it's you that has to live with these consequences. Whether it's a good result or a bad result, they can't live it for you, so they shouldn't have to choose it for you either, or they shouldn't choose it for you. So make sure that you're staying true to yourself and your happiness. Awesome, awesome. So thank you, Tristan, for joining us on Tease Me. Um, we'll definitely have you back. Uh, whenever we're down in Florida, we're going to get you out on the golf course. So hopefully you'll get some you know, golf game in before we should get back down there. But um, thank you. and. What is your website so everyone can visit? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so, Better Every Day Orlando, and then Walk On Nation. Very, pretty, pretty simple. And then they can follow you where else? 
you can follow me. Uh, my, I think my handle is the same across the board. It's ambitious Tris. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my LinkedIn is just my name, Tristan Reeves. And then, yeah, my, my two organizations, Walk On Nation, is Walk On Underscore Nation, and then my training facility is Better Every Day Orlando. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. I would like to thank Tristan for joining us on this episode of Tease Me. I hope that you're staying safe. And, you know, Control the Controllable was one of the gems of wisdom that Tristan shared with us. And for all of the student athletes, I dedicate this episode on this um, podcast to you today because I want you to stay uplifted and I want you to stay motivated. You are talented, you are resilient, and you are strong. And while you might not be on the field or the course or the basketball courts, know that you are skilled and don't give up. Stay uplifted, keep practicing, work hard and hustle. Honestly, no one knows what is to come and what is next, but I do tell you to remain positive because positivity will yield results. And no matter what happens in this world, I truly believe there's a need for sports and there's a need for entertainment and there's a need for your skill and your God-given talents. This is your moment to go to the lab or the gym and work out and just be so explosive when everything opens back up that you're almost unrecognizable and undeniably talented. You probably already were talented, but now it's like undeniable to everyone else. So I look forward to that moment and maybe I'll interview you on uh, Tease Me. For everyone else and the former student athletes, I hope you tune in for the next episode.